From the Far East to the Great West, the podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. This episode, we're talking about the 1980 Bruce Lee, Luigi Bazzella, and Richard Harrison directed Challenge of the Tiger. Here's the synopsis. Two CIA agents, or maybe not CIA agents, they may have been um, like His Majesty's Secret Service, <laughs> but it's a Kung Fu master, Bruce Lee. I, I actually stole this synopsis, so yeah, I don't think it's coming from America because they they kind of throw on at one point that they're 004 and 005 or something like that. But yeah, so we have a Kung Fu master, Bruce Lee, and a suave womanizer, as it's put, Richard Harrison. They track the stolen formula for a super sterility drug from Spain to Hong Kong, battling neo-Nazi terrorists and a Vietnamese spy ring uh, that both want to have it and use it for world domination. <laughs> so, Michael, when did you first see Challenge of the Tiger, and what do you think? Oh, my God. I saw this. Um, I got it was no, uh, probably about 10 years ago, maybe, or I don't know when the release was. Maybe it wasn't even quite that long ago, but it was uh, there's a DVD release that came out with this film and another film that producer Dick Randall did called um, For Your Height Only. <laughs> I saw that. Now, I don't know. I don't know. You did. OK. So have you seen the movie? No, no. I saw that it was okay, a double feature. Uh, yeah, you got to see that movie because you're <laughs> never going to be the same after you see it. Um, but uh, um, so that's where I first saw it, which is great because it was, you know, it's just, if anybody who hasn't picked this up, you can actually I think it's on YouTube now, but it's a nice widescreen print of the movie. But um, yeah, that's when I first saw it. Yeah, beautiful. And yeah, what do you think? Is this your cup of tea around? Uh, I'll say well, this. Um, I don't, yeah, what? Go ahead. I don't feel like it really was Bruce Boitation as much as it was like. I'm an imagined project that they wanted Bruce Lee to do, which maybe still fits, but you know what I mean? It's like, what if Bruce were alive? And what if we, we put him with James Bond and we had them go do X, but in the same way. Well, see yeah. now that, but that, but that's it though. That's part of what Bruce exploitation in, <laughs> totally. in essence is I've, and it's actually, there's a, a the idea of this, the conjectures. In other words, there's a period of film, uh, period of time after Bruce Lee passed away, where you're you're doing films that don't just have the Bruce Lee imitators, but have storylines that or mm-hmm. are about Bruce Lee. So they either replicate his movies or about him. But then, eventually, you get to this point, like the comic books. You know, what if we took Thor and threw him in there with the Hulk, or you know that kind of thing? And so that's what that's what, you know Bruce Lee. We haven't seen this. You haven't seen this one yet, but Bruce Lee in New Guinea is it's like it's like taking Bruce Lee and putting him in Indiana Jones. Oh, and shit. and you and you have. So this idea now of where would Bruce Lee have gone had we have done an international film with him, with James Bond, like you said. And so I still, these these films still become part of that Bruce exploitation idea, but you're right. It's where they said, okay, well, Kung Fu isn't, you know, isn't all there there is that we can use to sell this movie. You know, we got to have, uh, <laughs> we got to have a topless woman in every shot. Um, and, also, we got we no longer can beat Fists of Fury to death. You know, we can't just <laughs> beat up 
just, you know what I'm saying? So oh, that's the best line like, ever because that, that's all they do. Uh, we got to, okay, so how about we do eight fists of fury? <laughs> how about, yeah, exactly. How about my feet are now fists of fury? <laughs> feet of fury. <laughs> it's the best. But you're right. That's exactly what this is. And, and because we, because it's a, um, an Italian, you know, you're working with an Italian co-production here there it's very much incorporating and there's a there was a series of movies that bruce lay and even Wang john lee were doing at the same time with dick randall in uh in italy and spain this one bruce bruce lay strikes back mm-hmm. um i think there was one other one i'm, I'm blanking on well it, it, actually dick randall was doing a horror film called pieces that is i know that christopher film. george okay well bruce lay pops up in the film for like one minute <laughs> oh, shit. he just if you watch the film again, and in fact, on the Blu-ray, this is a self-promotion thing, on the Blu-ray that came out on it, I'm, I'm actually a hidden Easter egg in there. If you find it and you click it, I, they, they interviewed me about the, the scene. But oh, because shit. they were, I don't know if they were shooting this film or one of the others, but all of a sudden Bruce Lee just pops around a corner, gets into a fight with Susan George, and then she kind of stops and, and somebody else rounds the corner and goes, oh, that's my kung fu instructor. And then Bruce Lee goes, well, that must have been some bad chop suey and walks off. And that's it. It's the weirdest, just, you know, anomalous moment ever. But um, anyway, so the point is, is that with this film, you're um, you're dealing with these uh, Italian co-productions in Hong Kong. And it's kind of a hybrid of the both. Well, of them. and you, you know as well as I do that the mafia are actually the ones that killed Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always right. Right, sure, of course. He just pissed him off, I guess. Although, if you look but, at uh, um, what is it, uh, the Bruce Lai biography, he made friends with him by showing off how awesome he was. The man, the myth. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Bruce Lee, the man, the myth. There it. you go. You got it. Well, yeah, this movie is the definition of gratuitous. It is. <laughs> there's. To those who haven't seen it, you need to just jump right in there. The first scene that we have uh, with um, Richard Harrison, <clears throat> he like pulls up to some estate and two topless girls, for no good reason, open the gate for him to pull his car in. He gives them both a big, big kiss. And then he drives off and they chase after him with boobs just bouncing around. And then for some reason, we get this slow motion um, tennis match with this woman with very big breasts it, it's it is it's beautiful smut they're they're going for it there's even a scene of a mini statue of cupid and he's peeing into a pool and this girl is just collecting it in her mouth kind of spitting it back out and and richard harrison's in the back and he's like and it looks like she's really enjoying herself <laughs> doing his best you know james bond i'm james bond well, now Richard Harrison, you know, he's he was very involved with the Italian films. You know, he he. In fact, he's. I, I and I don't know if you read this, but he was. I don't and I don't even know if it's fully true, but he apparently turned down the part of the Fistful of Dollars and oh. recommended Clint Eastwood for the role. So he says that was his big contribution to film was when he let Clint Eastwood <laughs> take the role. Yeah. Um, but he also did um, a couple Shaw Brothers films. Oh. He's. Um, he was the the title role in uh, Marco Polo, and uh, he he did um oh, what was the other one he did I'm blanking on the other one he did he did a couple films uh, for the Shaw Brothers so uh, Boxer Rebellion that was it um, which was done a few years before this so he's uh, he was no stranger to doing these um, in fact this was his bread and butter for sure was doing the the foreign films I think that's maybe what made this so good 
is um, you're not just having these uh, Hong Kong directors or Korean directors. You've got you got somebody else with uh, some eggs in the basket, and he's like, "Listen, <laughs> listen, everyone. I I appreciate as all of you do, Bruce Lee kicking ass, and I love James Bond, but also boobs." <laughs> It's like, is there any chance we can have a lot of boobs? So, yeah, they just went for it. And um, they really kind of went crazy with the Spain thing. Like, they we want to make sure to the moviegoer, you understand we're really in Spain. So we're going to have, we're going to have a bullfighter. We're going to have a, a woman dancing to, you know, Spanish music. We're going to have, yeah. we're going to have Spain things and you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know we're going to kind of move chronologically a little bit, but I wanted to back up one, oh, please. like just two minutes. The opening scene where they're in the um, in the movie theater, you know, or watching yeah. the doing the the Bruce Lee Enter the Dragon moment. Did you notice one of the actors in that the the guy sitting in the 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 seats in the screen room? No, from Way of the Dragon, the big boss. Ah, that's John Ben. Nice. Who you will also see in uh, the clones of Bruce Lee when we get to it. Right, so, he was uh, like the director or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so they stuck stuck him in there, and that's cool for his uh, his value. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then I'm not familiar with uh, Huang Zhong Lee. I don't think. Well, you, you will be, and 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 most people listening to this are very familiar with him. He's probably one of the most sort of half dozen favorite guys of the classic kung fu uh, kung fu films. You know, he was. Right. Uh, He's done a number of these, and you know, particularly with Bruce Lee, um, you know, he was a, a Taekwondo instructor, for, uh, you know, for the army in in Korea. Mm-hmm. I think they just—he actually is uh, Roy Horan's teacher. No kidding. Now you now you remember? I mean, you you saw him in, of course, Tower of Death, and he was in uh, Bruce Lee's Deadly Kung Of Fu. course, right? So he uh, he's. He's been around. He got around. You know, he's he was started in uh, like 1973, 1974. Yeah. You know, so, and I Googled right away since. and I got Drunken Master, which, uh, and Game right. of Death 2, which we have yet to mm-hmm. do. But then, of course, everybody in. No, the... Game of Death 2 is Tower of Death. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, there it's you the go. Same movie. Yep. There you go. Damn it. Damn it. I thought it was better than this. Um, anyway, Snake in the Eagle's Shadow is one I've heard many people suggest you need to see this. So. Yeah, those are those are yeah, those are definite must see classic kung fu movies, and definitely where Jackie Chan discovered his uh, mm-hmm. his true true calling. Well, and when we pull out the cast, um, I loved Maria uh, Naduska, but yeah, from Conan the Barbarian, Conan's mom. I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> and that she stayed. That was so funny because again, we were really just going into this really kind of smutty territory um you know the bath the the big bubble bath scene it's so funny bruce lee comes up and he's just like looking in and he's watching uh what is his name richard cannon uh you know harrison richard harrison no no in the in the movie richard cannon oh, oh in the movie yeah. you're right yeah he's yeah he's sexing up maria and you know richard's like get the fuck out of here you know i'm trying to have a good time and he does of course he leaves and then maria dies and i'm like wait that was really weird and fast but obviously it was a fake out yeah the, the movie is definitely one where and it's you know it was it was not all that uncommon for the attack if you watch a lot of spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. they're the sword and sandal kind of movies oh yeah which i do that sort of over the top 
humor is, is so <laughs> part of their deal. Like the, the big eyebrow moves and the get out of here. Uh, you know, like sure. it's, it's just so over, you know, overdone for like maybe our tastes. But it was like this, which is another thing about this movie, which was kind of fun is because they were giving their, their best to make it like, let's go have like be cute and wink, wink at each other while we're, you know, murdering everybody. And, <laughs> um, you know, so at times it, it, I mean, it never really works 100%, but it works to sort of keep it different. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that was really great. Um, yeah, it, it, what I noticed about this in terms of filming, I did love this, so just to be very clear, but uh, nitpicking just a teeny bit. Um, it's almost like when somebody says action, there's like a pause, and then the person starts. Like, you're always really aware of each new scene starting. It's almost like the person wasn't ready. That's You know what? I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because that... It, it, that is something I noticed about not I mean I noticed that with other films but this particular film because you're right a hundred percent like they don't they're not being really critical about their editing (laughs) right in fact there's a just as we move through this like when they get to the bullfighting scene which I'm sure we're about to talk about oh yeah they're the very first shot if you're watching this the very first shot of of Bruce Lee there Richard Richard Harrison's up looking around he looks over and he sees Bruce Lee and the camera kind of uh, snap zooms in on Bruce a close up of Bruce's face and if you watch it they don't clip it right because he starts to like yell and jump like he's going to go go, <laughs> go for the hat that he's going to go for in the scene so if you watch the last two frames you see him just starting to jump and it just goes away and it's the most offsetting thing you're like what it just cut away right before he was about to to do something and when it comes back to him he's just calmly sitting there so it was I think there was just a very you know clearly it was one of those movies where they just lazily chopped it and cut it put scene before scene and, and got it yeah. out there inclu- including like you said leaving a little extra header on on there so you see everybody getting ready to roll yeah exactly exactly <laughs> oh yeah and there are tons of those um all the way up to the end uh there's an explosion and it shifts focus over to our heroes and they chat for a minute and the music gets turned down and then they come back to the like the fire and they had to turn the music back up again. it's just so weird I'm like oh my god what are we doing oh yeah. that said what bullfights go ahead yes yeah, so let's, let's talk about that yeah i'm letting you start come on well, well, I mean, first off, you got to you got to admit, I mean, they stuck Bruce in there a couple of times with that bull. I mean, that first shot, there's a first wide shot of him. Obviously, he's in there with a fake bull too, but the first wide shot of him, that thing chases him and you can see him kind of panicking <laughs> and and making a dart for the wall. Yeah. But the whole premise of it is and and this is kind of throughout the film, where just things like like people have you ever noticed in this film that Bruce Lee will be walking, and he just sees guys, and he runs up and starts fighting them. Yeah. They just happen to be the bad guys. Like he does that like four or five times. He does it in the bull ring. And then the same thing with the bull. The bull probably would have just sat there, but Bruce decides he's got to circle the bull ring and fight the thing, you know? And, um, and of course, I'm sure your favorite part is when he, he uh, actually kills the bull. Well, I don't <laughs> want to see a bull die, but if you're going to do it, do it Bruce Lee style. <laughs> Well, and and this what what he means by that for those who haven't seen it is it all of a sudden cuts to the Sunny Chiba yes esque moment where you see a cartoon of a bullhead and it cracks down the center as to imply this is what's going on inside the skull of the bull. Thank right you, now. Michael. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, exactly. It's straight out of Street Fighter. Uh, yeah, just perfect. And <laughs> in this the film that will follow this, which is. Um, Bruce Lee Strikes Back, which is also the same group, same Wong Jung Lee, oh, shit. Bruce Lee, the rest of them, uh, or Dick Randall and the rest of them, 
it uh, the ending of it has a similar thing where you know where Bruce and Wong Jung Lee are fighting each other and there's a head sh- uh, leg shot I think it's a leg shot I can't remember and it's a a cartoon just like that and you see the bone break so they <laughs> they really love that effect yeah okay quick shout out to uh, Bodo for his five minutes in this before he dies mercilessly. <laughs> Yeah, and you know it's like Bolo in his underwear. He's like fighting in these like white short shorts <laughs> yeah. and like a tank top. Which now, see, this would I thought would have improved the movie a lot. He has a fight we haven't talked about yet but with Brad Harris. Now Brad Harris okay. plays Leopard yeah. in this film. I guess a great name. Brad Harris is clearly you, you once you see him, you'll see why he's you know sword and sorcerer, uh, sword and sandal type movies, Hercules. Yeah, like, I really, saw that. He, he actually. He just um, he just passed away actually a couple months uh. ago here in San- Santa Monica. He just, he was like 81, 80 something years old, and he uh, old time stunt guy. Um, yeah, it was been cool forever. to see him. So he's built right, and I'm oh, like, very, yeah, yeah, he's huge. He's huge, and I saw a picture of him, and I'm like, all right, he's not that huge because that guy next to him is really big. And then I read the description in the picture, and the other guy was fucking Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> no, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, freaky. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry, Brad. You were awesome because Lou Ferrigno's a fucking giant. Yeah, oh yeah, he's 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 a, he's. If you st- anybody stands next to him, he's gonna look small, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. I'm like, okay. But the the fact that Bolo <laughs> in this film finally had a moment where he's fighting a guy that's like equally as big as him was great. But they didn't milk it for what it was worth. Oh, they needed to. Yeah, it was just a quick little deal. But when those two guys were going at each other, I was like, oh, this could be the movie right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they needed to really because I'm again. I'm like, oh, Bolo, he's about to kick. Oh no, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, and then, and and the, the the fight directors on this was Bruce Lee and Chang Tao, Chang Tao, who's the guy um, who is the partner of Brad Harris. Okay. So the you know the the, the Chinese guy that was with him, which the, in fact he he Chang Tao and Bruce Bruce Lee are really close friends. I mean, they, when when I was in. Asia last year and we were trying to organize our interview with with Bruce Lee for the documentary they they were together working on a film still so it's like these guys work together all the time sweet and did you have an interview with Bruce Lee well we got a later we got later we got one from him but I don't know how much we're going to get to use of it because we did at the film market and it was just it was so terrible so he's he's our he's our he's our lone holdout on this documentary but we'll get him we'll right. get him well how what is he doing today he's still making movies that's he was actually at the film market wow. he's mostly directing okay he's not really trying to he's directing but he has these historical dramas that he's doing he's not even trying to you know do his martial arts thing as much he's just doing okay. these military contemporary kind of films so he's 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 still cranking it man i love it he's he's one of the yeah i mean they you know you have bruce lie who kind of went off into a very altruistic working with exactly. martial artists and people and you have dragon lee who sort of heads the essentially works with the screen actors guild of korea and then you have you know bruce lay who's just still making movies nice yeah well, um, one thing I noticed in this film, more than any other one, and maybe it's just me, and I'm learning more about Bruce Lee, but I never noticed how small he is. You know, he's smaller than everybody, and it, it's tough to put him in a movie with Westerners because it just makes it that much more apparent. He needs, he's like four foot five or something like that, but just yeah. perfectly <laughs> built. Yeah, the tiny man. Yeah, he's a, he's a little shredded little guy, you know, which I think, you know, lends to... 
the idea when he's on screen fighting people of of he's got to overcome the odds because everybody's always taller than yeah. him or bigger than him. You know, he's he's like Lee. He's kind of ripped, and you see his abs, and he's he's like a, a little like in this one. I mean, I mean, he is he's like wound up that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you watch him, he's just like he's like a firecracker just ready to go yeah i don't have a traditional brucisms but the couple things i have is he kicks somebody big in the chest and they kind of dust it off it may have been joseph uh or it may have been brad harris one of the two oh brad harris yeah, yeah. he kicks him which is interesting because the two of them are wearing the exact same thing at the end of the movie you know? <laughs> i don't know if that was just like a an accident or if it, it was some sort of like interesting compositional thing because they're both in black tank tops and black pants. exactly exactly and then, um, of course, uh, this, again, it doesn't have as many Bruceisms because Bruce Lee was not trying to just do Bruce Lee. He does the meowing, but other than that, there was nothing. There were none of the classic Bruceisms, um, except this movie could have been a Bruce Lee movie. So things like a slideshow and things like the kick in the chest. But other than that, it's just, it reminded me a lot of uh, like Kato or, you know, it was different. It wasn't the same kind of, this is Bruce. In fact, Bruce Lee didn't need to be Bruce, except it was obviously Bruce. And why is it obviously Bruce? The time, the thing, right? Because there was never another guy like that. That was just this perfect jump in and kick ass. You know, well, yeah, and I think that's true. I think Bruce Lee, at when this is what you're seeing here, is about as un-Bruce as he could ever get. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's pretty much, like you said, he may have stripped some of the... Uh, the isms out of it a little bit, but still what you have is very much inspired. You can still tell how inspired he is by Bruce Lee oh, just yeah. with his head, head shaking and yeah. his fist clenching and his, you know, his, just his, his, when he's with fighting the bull, he's doing his little, which of course is what Bruce Lee took from Muhammad Ali, the little shuffle. Oh, um, that's a good point. And maybe I'm, God, maybe I'm becoming immune to some, <laughs> but yeah, you said it, the shuffling, the Muhammad Ali shuffle, I guess we can call it. Um, I didn't get any like definitive fist thing, but yeah. No, I just mean he sometimes when he. I mean it's very again. It's probably because you're getting used to oh. it. But just when he's when he's punching, he just sort of shakes his fist for a minute. You I know, know what I you mean. mean. I, it's the the repercussion punch. Boom! Oh. Yeah, yeah. You shake. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. The repercussion. There you go. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, you also have to to some degree. I mean, we can't. You know, we you get this is that interesting thing. You know, you can sort of lapse into. Um, looking at everything as some kind of influence that Bruce, I mean, I, even today you could watch Tony Jaw and find right. some influence of Bruce Lee. But at that time, you know, you've got these guys that were clearly trying to fill that void. And, and, and in some cases, particularly with Bruce Lee, who was a huge fan of Bruce Lee, you know, he, he was like Bruce Lee was as well. I think it's just Bruce Lee tried to say, I want to be a fan of Bruce Lee, but I don't want to, act like him right. Bruce Lee was like I'm a fan of Bruce Lee and I want to be just like him right <laughs> you know so that was the difference between the two of them well let me ask you something and this is uh it's a weird question but what did Bruce Lee do that was so different from all the old old kung fu stuff what was it was it just how cool he was and because he was so cool he was able to do the Bruce isms that were his isms so it was awesome like what what did bruce do that's so different from what everybody else did well it's definitely a combination of a couple of things and i think part of it has to do with his i mean well the majority of it is just him as a personality but 
him being raised in the West and remember being there and picking up his influences from whether it was acting influences mm-hmm. or filmmakers or Muhammad Ali or what have you, then he brought that back in, which was his traditional breaking sort of martial arts style, right? He's like decided to get out. He's not just there doing, you know, praying mantis or, or doing the, uh, you know, monkey style. He, he comes in with his own thing. Mm-hmm. And if you, and the, the best example of this is always the big boss because here he steps on to the set where everybody's basically doing the, the classic strike and block, you know, it's like sort of exactly. a one beat, two beat, throw the arms, swing the arms, yes. you know, it's, and there's not really a, it's not like they're trying to non-telegraph their motion. And then when Bruce gets the chain, you know, in the big boss where he gets the chain ripped off and he jumps in, he does these kicks, There's he takes the time to pause. You know, he'll sit there and pause and he'll look and then boom, he'll hit one guy real fast yeah. and then he'll kind of pause and then he'll hit a guy twice. He'll get hit a guy twice, you know, like he breaks the rhythm up. And so there was this unexpectedness, I think, to Bruce Lee that can be sort of equatable, to be honest with you, not not to the personality degree, but just in sort of a fighting degree with with both um, Tony Jaa, but also with Seagal. When Seagal mm-hmm. came out and started doing Aikido, right. people were, you know, used to Aikido. So Bruce Lee steps out and, and does these things that you had not seen. You'd seen guys fight. You'd seen guys punch. You'd seen guys kick. But he would do it in a way that was so different. And, and it's not just the technique, but it was the beats in between no you, you watched him he had the look he got a little bit of a sly smile mm-hmm. you know he, he knew it was sexy you know what i mean he was yeah. up there going i'm gonna be sexy for a second where most of the other guys in the films were just like ah, blam, 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 <laughs> blam, and fighting so and that's kind of i don't think see that's that's what's interesting about the bruce exploitation stuff is that most of these guys Bruce Lai a little bit got it, I think, and he he managed to do it if you you know and to some degree, which is probably where some of the success is. But most of these guys didn't attempt to look it deeper into why Bruce Lee was doing it. They just said, okay, he does, he clenches his fist. Okay, he he's, he licks his blood. Okay, he, he you know he does this or he does that, mm-hmm. and so they would just imitate it rather than going, what's he doing exactly? You know what I mean? And just watch it and say, oh, he he's being a little sexy. He's like he's pausing not to be. The, to, to shake his fist he's pausing to go i'm just messed you up you know what i mean yeah. and you want to come get some more you know so he he was so good about bringing that into it um and i think that came from a lot of his experience in america you know a lot of people want to equate it oh he's just a badass fighter i, I don't think that was it i mean what he was doing on film was he was being a movie star and i think a lot of these other guys were just walking you know walking through it for the most part and and to be honest with you, that turned off a lot of people, too, for him in, in Asia. You know what I mean? There was a lot of people that just did not want, you know, he was causing a stir. But that was like, eh, we're not we're not into that. You know, so there was that he was definitely um, he, he definitely was a divider, you know. And and uh, but anyways, I mean, the point is, I think that's what was made him stand out. So and so different. I love that. He, I love that. Because, yeah. you know, one thing that um, I never liked about old uh, martial arts movies is it's like endless block punch block punch block punch block punch and what I loved of course is as far back as I was a five-year-old boy I get to see you know Bruce Lee kick somebody in the face or I might you well know my favorite scene enter the dragon when uh he's going against uh O'Hara and it's just like he doesn't even get a chance to play his part so you're, you're right. And, and I guess in something like this, we're seeing it, it, Bruce is like that. Like, 
I, I kept thinking that Richard Harrison was needed to call upon Bruce Lee to come save him, you know? Like, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. No, that was really well said. Um, and, yeah, that makes... And I'll tell you, when you... Uh, it, w- w- just uh, to finalize this, you know, where if you watch The Big Boss Part Two, when you see that film where... Bruce Lee had stepped into this kind of choreography, this sort of mundane swing and block choreography, and then just stood out amongst everybody else in mm-hmm. the film. But then when they went around to doing the sequel, which was Low Lay in the sequel, mm-hmm. you can see they just basically went right back to yeah. just doing that same kind of, you know, style. So it just <laughs> it's not like they built on top of it and went, okay, let's 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 one up Bruce and try, you know. So but anyways, you're right. It's um I think in in the case of this, you've just got Bruce Lay's kind of chisel away a bit to his baseline Bruce and yep. and uh now I'm a secret agent, you know, wise guy. And I think that yeah, that's the key. And that's what makes this such a Bruce movie is anybody else put in there, especially for the time. Like at today the same movie being made, way less boobs of course because we're all modern and shit, but uh you know, they'd have Jackie Chan and I don't know. Um, Gandalf, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kissing. Now, no now there's something about this film too that that's kind of funny. Is there? I always love when I watch the attempt to be artistic mm-hmm. or neorealist or whatever they're trying to do in these films. And they uh, and when they were there's that scene where Brad Harris is doing the curls. Remember the oh, yeah. Brad Harris and Ching Tao sitting there listening to the beatbox and he's eating a banana. It's just this bizarre <laughs> little... They had this bizarre relationship, these two. These are the two hitmen that are working for uh, the sort of Italian bad guy who's looking for the, the formula to get the sperm, to kill the sperm. <laughs> kill the is, sperm. It's, it's just that's a weird premise. I don't know. Even, we didn't really talk about it much, but of yeah, course they're all looking for Yeah, and we could this. because what the fuck? Like the idea behind this... To our listeners, is we are trying to get the formula that's going to sterilize the world, <laughs> and the Nazis exactly. want it, and the Vietnamese want it. It's like it's very much some. It's Bruce Lee and an Italian guy, and I guarantee Richard Harrison was in most of the planning meetings, going like, "Really, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> well, they, may, they could have told him it meant it was something else right. maybe at the time. Yeah, right. Like, they're like, "Well, no, it's a special." concoction that's going to make everybody into bruce lee he's like oh well that sucks yeah that's cool <laughs> right that's cool actually the actually in that in that the bad guy the main bad guy that the the guy with him <laughs> in the suit is dick randall he's the producer oh no kidding yeah oh yeah good old but anyway dick. so you, you got this the good old dick that's what that's there's something to be said about this movie premise <laughs> and that but the um which is fun again and plays into again this sort of lazy writing with this which is where everybody just sort of appears or how it goes is because <laughs> in the beginning they're showing these two scientists in a room and one guy goes you know johnny i've got it i finally got the formula really and he goes and we can't let it fall into anybody's bad hands and then all of a sudden two bad guys come in and shoot him it's like they were just sitting outside waiting for him to get the formula and they heard him and then That's they came the in and shot him you know yeah yeah like right at the and, breakthrough we finally did it. Nobody can get this. Doors open. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> we stole the formula. And and the other thing you have to point out with this film, which is just so ingeniously tacky, was to get their extra star power. Mm-hmm. They went to that oh, event. Oh yes. 
They go to an event. Morgan this, Fairchild. In, in Hong Kong that obviously Morgan Fairchild's there, Jane Seymour's there, and Jack Klugman's there. And you remember, <laughs> this is 1979, 1980. So these guys are still pretty top of the food chain with the actors. Yeah. And it, you watch them. And, of course, there are cameras everywhere shooting everybody. So they bring their camera in. Clearly, nobody's really paying too much attention to it because there are other cameras there. In fact, if you watch the scenes, like there's a scene where Richard Harrison walks up to order a Coke. And while he's doing it, one guy is standing right in front of the camera, like looking into the lens the whole time. <laughs> like, you know, it's just they, they were just shooting around it. And then Bruce Lay walks up to Jack Klugman and starts talking to him and shakes his hand. And you can tell they don't know each other. He just wanted to walk up and get into a shot. It's they still talk to brilliant. Klugman. Then he walks to Jane Seymour and does the exact same right. thing. And it's just, and it's on the advertising. You know, cameo, Jack Klugman, cameo, Morgan. And I just thought, oh, it's just so funny it's that they delicious. did that. Oh, <laughs> it's it is. delicious. It is. That's like, that's the shit. All right. Well, I need your favorite scene. Uh, well, I was going to say it would have been my favorite scene, like I said, but, but because Bolo and I think Brad Harris is yeah. just such a perfect fantasy fight scene. But I think, uh, you know, I think another I think I'm just going to have to go with the tennis, the tennis scene in the beginning. Oh, with you the, are a um, man of taste. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some good, there's some good fight scenes in here. Not great. There's some good ones. They're very Bruce-like. I think at the end, when he fights Wang Zhang Li, it's it's actually a pretty good scene. But yeah, you know, I mean, we've seen it before. But the the tennis topless tennis playing is it's pretty uh, pretty original. This all movie. right. Well, you're a bigger man than me because that is fucking brilliant, actually. But um, and I I could choose a number of those, and you know, I would instinctively choose the fight with the bull but what i'm going to choose is the fight where uh richard harrison and bruce lay are in there i guess with brad and that's this is how they kill brad or was this brad or was it joe i don't know i just don't know which one, anyway, which big, one? <laughs> big guy and poor richard no, that's not brad harris that was like the, the, yeah, the topless guy running around in the the uh, other big westerner he yeah. was a huge dude which before you say it Remember when him and Brad Harris meet, there's that awkward moment yeah. where they look at each other and smile and they grab hands <laughs> and they sit there for like literally 10 seconds and look into each other's eyes smiling while they're holding mm-hmm. hands. It totally threw it down that direction. I'm man. so fucking strong. Anyway, there's a point where Richard Harrison is just like, I don't know, whapping his thighs together on the guy's head. Right. While Bruce Lee is kicking the fuck out of him because he's the first big bat. Well, so Richard Harrison's sitting up on these, yeah. these piles of ba- of rice. Well, I don't know what the heck it is. but And the guy gets kicked back into between his legs. So then he's using his thighs to like hit him on the side <laughs> of the head as if that would, as if that would hurt. It and was perfect. Bruce, yeah. It was right along the lines of, uh, of Ron Van Cleef doing the super that's massage right. thing that's right. on the Black guy. dragon. Yeah. Yep. To kill him. Yeah, it was great. Okay, so I'll rescind all that. Forget that. I just wanted to talk about that scene. The bullfight. The bullfight. Okay. The bullfight was fucking crazy. I mean, somebody in the audience gets shot. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, that, that was... He jumps in. There's a big fight that just starts off mm-hmm. where Bruce starts fighting guys. Again, I don't know where he found them or why he jumped on them. And then... <laughs> The other guy pops up and starts firing, and he shoots the poor kid that catches. There's a hat that's used in this movie to have be holding the formula that's being tossed around. This film, again, you you watch spaghetti westerns, watch some of the Italian crime dramas, you get the you get this thing. But there's just really weird plot driven 
um, you know, storylines in this that just are just bizarre. It's you know? so much budget. I mean, because they were all over the place, and they didn't have the money, obviously, or maybe they trusted. Well, too right, much but that's what I'm editor. saying is they're not getting permits. These guys. I mean, obviously for the bull place, they're going out there and you know they got to jump in there. But that's what I'm saying. If you watch, and even in this next uh, film that they did, Bruce Lee strikes. Yeah strikes again that you'll there's a big fight scene where they're in rome and while they're fighting the camera's constantly picking up all these people sitting around watching the fight like they're just enjoying watching the shooting and it's just so casual it's just i get it you know i mean you can just tell they're just they're not stopping traffic and they weren't in this either you know i mean (laughs) the people are dodging in and out so okay so tito garcia he had a really weird death he's this big italian guy yeah and he has to face the music uh, from Huang Zhongli. And he's pretty much like laying on the ground going, no, no, no. And I guess he maybe gets And kicked. then just dies. Yeah, right. just, like they, you just think he's about to, something's going to happen. He's saying, please don't do it. But then he just dies he, of fright or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, beautiful scenes. Well, yeah. And, and that and that actress, you know, the, the one that plays the you know, blanket on her name in the story. But the, Maria. You know, she, yeah, her real name is what is it? Nadiuska. Nadiuska, yeah. Yeah, from Conan. I mean, she she did a lot. I mean, she was German. I mean, she did a lot of. She's been around. I was surprised to find out she's like Bavarian, and I yeah. guess she just played a Italian because she was in a ton of Italian movies. So something called mm-hmm. Black Commando, which I never saw, but of course Conan. Greatest movie ever, Conan. All right, well let's. Uh, we are at the end here, um, guys. Watch this movie. I mean, it's got martial arts. It's got boobs. <laughs> it's got a bullfight. More boobs than martial arts. It does. It does. Yeah. There. It's. It, I read a review from somebody. Um, I should call him out here. Let me see if I can. CJ of Letterbox.com. Uh, I don't know how people on Letterbox.com get their reviews featured in the in the notes of a Wikipedia. But CJ, good on you. He said. This is one of the most vulgar, crass, dirty martial arts movies I've ever seen. It's so colorful and entertaining and tries, this is the key to me, tries so furiously to give the audience what they want in spades without even thinking twice about whether it fits or whether it's in remotely good taste. And I have to admire it. Exactly. That's that's what they did. They're just like, you want fighting, you want guns, you want bulls, you want special formulas, you want boobs. We've got them. We're doing it. And you want Jack Klugman? You're in. <laughs> right, you want Jack Klugman? Do you want Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got her. Ah, <laughs> oh, beautiful. Ah, oh, good. So, um, Michael? Yes, sir. <sighs> yeah. Uh, did you have final thoughts? I just stole the whole ending there. I've... Yes. No, I get, you know, no, this is great. I mean, it's it was, um, you know, this is a, that period of where, like we were talking about at the very beginning, where Bruce Bloitation started to, everybody was kind of going in slightly different directions. At this point, Dragon Lee was going to this sort of bizarre comedy stuff that mm-hmm. he was doing and acting more like Jackie Chan. Bruce Lee was taking himself and, and still holding on to the mantle of Bruce Lee, but but trying to... He 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 didn't stop either. I mean, he got into this sort of erotic, um, you know, nudity sort of hybrid kung fu movies from pretty much here on out to the end. Um, and then uh, you know this this and and where Bruce Lai around this point he was getting ready to to walk. You mm-hmm. know, he was getting to the point where he was. This was towards the end where Bruce Lai was like, "I'm done." So it's kind of an interesting phase with these movies. So I was glad you got a chance to sort of see the that that tail end of it a little bit. Yeah, this one is really special. The one we did right before this, 
our last episode is um, uh, Kung Fu Fever. And we're still just so in the what the hell has happened to Bruce. Where something like this, he's been gone seven years. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like, what are we doing? Yeah. Well, you know, like everything else, they, they you know, it's, it's selling a product. So, and Bruce Lee was still selling products, but it's, it's now you got to couple them with everything else. And I know it never ended, but when did it end? Quote, unquote. It, this was that period. I mean, by you got the last couple of these mm-hmm. sort of real Bruce exploitation style films around eighty four, maybe eighty five, okay. and then that was it. So Before it, you get it, to yeah, just like Jackie Chan or movies 11. or whatever. Yeah, that. I mean, at this point, Jackie was fully on his way, um, but uh, you know, it got to this sort of place of diminishing returns, and it just it stopped and. And then we leap ahead 10 years and not even that long. You know, we they had the American version, what they call me, Bruce, you know, but, it, sure. but by that point it was already the jump in the shark, you know, and it was, it was, we we're in the parody stage. Yeah. And like we, we've talked about before, you know, you get to that point where you, you can't have any exploitation anymore. It's now just a parody of that exploitation. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. Ninjas popped up, <laughs> you know, and what popped up the, you know, in the eighties, nin- oh, yeah. ninja yeah. movies, shit. It was like Kung Fu's dead. Now it's all about ninjas. Well, when we get to, we'll do it because it's it has a little of this element. It's sort of a residue of it. Okay, is uh, when we do No Tr- Retreat, No Surrender Ooh. with Van Damme's first film Heck because yeah. Bruce Lee's spirit comes back to train uh, Kurt McKinney to fight Van Damme. So you know, and it's directed by Ng Siyun, who did Bruce Lee, The Man, The Myth. Yeah. And, Chinese Godfather or the Little Godfather of Hong Kong, etc. Very nice. All right. So, what are you working right. on? Uh, we talked about last episode, but we're going to bring it up again. Uh, we have uh, uh, Deadly Fingers on Amazon. In fact, right now it's on a discount. So, this is when we are. It may still be on a discount. Go check it out, guys. Uh, I think it's ten dollars off of the original amount. But uh, Michael here it gets to uh, give a nice commentary track which is going to be the most fucking exciting thing uh, well let's not get that excited but i'm excited it'll be fun i'm excited <laughs> it was fun i'm really excited. yeah they're putting they're putting some good i gave them a bunch of my 35 millimeter trailers like uh, Sweet. i can't remember fist of fury 2 and different so you get some original trailers that'll be scanned in there and um but yeah. also what we're um i am working with a company that is looking to do and I don't know by the time this comes out if we'll have announced it yet or not, but uh, is going to do a specialty boutique label line with classic Kung Fu films in really special packages, you know, using Arrow Academy and Twilight Time and the Criterion Collection as sort of their model to but to focus on martial arts films. So we're going to be ta- we're not going to be, you know, borrowing dupes of tapes and and re-releasing we're going to get we're looking for you know the best possible prints we can find or negatives and we're going to do 2k scans and restore films and load them up with extras and you know try and get as many of the filmmakers as we can to put on there so you know it's going to be um it's gonna be cool man i'm excited about helping them out with that because i think something as a you know as a fan i've always wanted somebody to do so it'll be nice to to get that rocking yeah and we've talked about it just the, the concept that there are these like 35 millimeter prints of these films that people own and if you can just get them digitally scanned and out there yeah, you preserve them you know you preserve them because people aren't always taking care of film and and a lot of the a lot of the color 
pre 75 um because the was this um it faded right it would tend to fall into a red or a pink there was a low fade kind of film emulsion that came out uh, you know after the mid early mid 70s more of these films were made on so they didn't fade as much but you got some great films from you know this era of of the early exploitation that are just you know falling apart you know so it'll be it'll be good i'm excited about this and hopefully as long as these pe- people buy it as long as there's an audience for it they're going to keep keep doing it so we're going to release like two or three this year We've already got two of the titles picked, and you know we'll announce uh, one of them pretty soon if it isn't mm-hmm. already announced. And uh, yeah, man, we'll have to. Uh, it's brilliant. I might. Yeah, yeah we'll, do, we'll 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 keep. I'll keep you posted. All right. And you know, bring you in, man. Maybe you and I got to do a commentary on one of these things. Oh yeah, I'm in. You just All say right. the word. Okay, so as you probably know by now, we have a phone number where you can leave us messages and feedback. Uh, that number is four two four two five seven zero three four four. You'll hear a uh, a little voice greeting with my voice, and then you can feel free to leave us a message and uh, tell us what you think. But uh, this episode, we have a call from Ramon in L.A. Uh, have a listen. Gentlemen, I just finished listening to your podcast for The Dragon Liz. Hey, you know what? I'm already itching to dig into YouTube right now. Once I get home and start uh, revisiting uh, these uh, exploitation films that I used to watch as a kid on VHS, once again, it's it's great. An honor and a pleasure that you know you guys are doing this. Uh, keep up the good work, and hopefully you'll do a Bruce Plantation festival pretty soon here in LA. All right, fellas, this is Ramon from LA. Peace. Oh, uh, that's cool, Ramon. Man, I'm glad uh, you're you're enjoying the uh, podcast because we're having a blast doing them. I I felt like there was a, um, I mean, Matthew. I know you felt the same way. There's been a. Uh, not that nobody really out there doing a, a discussion on these films per se. So, and usually when they do, it's just a matter, you know, picking on them the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which totally. which I get, which I get is easy to do. But then that's also what's kind of fun about them. But there's, I think, there's such a great, rich history to some of these films, you know, in terms of of who's in them and who made them and what why they made them and and that kind of thing. Plus, I think there's a lot of us that grew up on these movies. Like that's for me. You know, I grew up on these films, and part of my filmmaking filmmaking school was was watching these films as bad as they are. Sometimes watching the things they do wrong that 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 I learned from. And but there's some great actual effective moments in in many of them. You know, so it's um, I'm having a blast talking about it. I'm glad uh, I'm glad people like listening to us. Uh, <laughs> it's great to hear from people too. You know, it's cool when people call in. And, and as for the uh, as for the festival, it's funny because we are we are actually trying to do that. I'm working with some people, and we're looking into uh, w- because as as I've said here before, we're restoring some films and that we're going to release on Blu-ray. But we're also thinking about doing some touring, and we might even do some exhibits. Like if we get some, um, we do some festivals, basically showing a, a handful of these new restored versions of these films, and then plus I'll bring a bunch of my collection I've had over the last, you know, number of years that I've, <laughs> since the, the early 80s, that, that um, we'll put up like some old posters and rare stuff and, you know, just make it, make a, a, an event out of it. So we're, we're, we're trying to pull that together too. Yeah. Because be the truth, because the truth is, and we've talked about this, it's one thing to watch these things by yourself at home on YouTube. It's a whole different thing to get together and watch it in a theater with a bunch of like-minded people. 
and and plus you know you get to see the best possible version of the movie you get the rowdy crowd it's just a whole nother thing and i know you you've been going to the hollywood theater there in oregon so you get a little bit of a chance to see some of the kung fu films there mm-hmm. and you you know how it is no you said it uh when you first described that to me i i just so jealous to think of sitting in a a real theater with people who were there to see this because they were so into it and you know they're cheering at the right parts and everybody's just in and and gosh you told me about the recording you have of you know even bruce lee like people like you know repeating what he says and trying to do the same stuff Ah, it's brilliant yeah 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 a festival would be awesome it's coming it's coming all right well there you go thanks ramon oh yeah thanks ramon man good to hear from you keep listening brother Good stuff. Well, that is the end. Um, Thanks, Michael. Thank you, buddy. And to our listeners, until next time. See y'all later.